Pastor Xavier Reese, encouraging the Apostle Philip's simple approach to evangelism. Philip-type individuals don't argue or quit when challenged in declaring that Jesus is their Messiah. They merely bring it down for the person to judge for themselves. Come and see. We are to provide the invitation to experience Jesus to every person for themselves. Revelation 3.20 says, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man opens that door, I will commend him and sup with him and he with me. Personal invitation. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. Gather together any group of people, and you're bound to observe they come in various shapes and sizes, different backgrounds, different careers, and differing strengths and weaknesses. And so it was with the apostles chosen by Jesus. And as Pastor Xavier continues our Simple Truths Character Studies series with Philip, we see how Jesus himself would provide revealing tests of faith aimed to strengthen the faith of the disciples that would ultimately change the world. Here in John 1.43, it says, The following day Jesus wanted to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, Follow me. He is the only one that is said to be found by Jesus. No other one has said that The plan was to use him to preach the gospel to the world. Now, Philip had no idea of this. Just like when God saved you, you had no idea how he was going to use you. If he would have laid it all out before you, you would have said, oh, no, not me. But he takes you a step at a time. He opens those doors. Now, notice in verse 45, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in, uh, in the law And also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. So the second thing we see is that Philip found Nathanael. Notice still there, verse 45, Philip declared that they had found him, whom Moses and the law had also declared, also the prophets. The implication being that he was a student of the word of God. That's a good key to pick up. Philip was a student of God's word. For God to speak to you, you've got to be a student of God's word. Now notice in verse 46, Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Notice Philip, he says, come and see. Two simple words, come and see. You see, the blessing was to see the Messiah of God. One friend of mine was saved all on his own. Just like Nathaniel, Jesus went after him, found him. He used to play nightclubs. And he got saved just reading his Bible at home. Nobody told him anything. He got saved all by himself there. <laughs> Aren't you glad God does that? People always say, well, you know, that's not fair. What are the guy in the bush? What are the... Hey, every person who ever lives will have an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ before they die. More than once, I guarantee you. I don't know where, I don't know how, but I know that they will. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that nobody perish. Peter says he's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. So if God doesn't give one person opportunity, then God can't be God. He can't be just, and he can't be holy, and he certainly is not fair. So falling back on his character, I know that every person will have a chance. There will never be one person in heaven 
who will go before the judgment of God and say, you never gave me a chance. You missed me. No. Every person has an opportunity. Whether they open their heart to it or not, that's a different matter. Whether they turn to Jesus or not, that's their decision. Philip is a beautiful type of those who Jesus sovereignly reveals himself to apart from another person. And there are people like that. It's my friend. Maybe some of you are here where Jesus just saved you sovereignly, just all on your own. Now, from the human perspective, we find Jesus. But from the divine perspective, Jesus finds all of us, does he not? Due to the simple fact that it's us who are lost, not Jesus. <laughs> okay? So we understand when it says we find the Lord, we understand what we're talking about. But it's from the human perspective and the divine perspective. Philip type individuals go find close friends to share their newly found Messiah and faith in him. They share the person of Jesus as the Messiah of the scriptures. And they point to the scriptures. They give the evidence to individuals. They share the person to be God incarnate. He's not just a prophet. He's not just a good man. But he's God in the flesh. They share the person who can forgive them of their sins and change their lives. As 2 Corinthians 5.17 says. No matter what's ever happened in your life, when you come to Christ, you repent. He forgives you of all your sins and makes you a brand new creature. He buries your sins in the deepest ocean. Brand new. They share the most basic characteristics of Christianity. If you are not sharing your faith with others, it is a good cause to believe you have not partaken yourself. If you're a Christian, you're going to want to share your faith and your master. You can't keep it to yourself. The kingdom of God ruling in my heart is an enlargement of the kingdom of God here on earth. As God asks to the church, such as should be saved. It's the rule of the kingdom of God in my heart. And it's manifested to the world. As we said, Philip type individuals don't argue or quit when challenged. In declaring that Jesus is their Messiah. They merely bring it down to personal basis. For the person to judge for themselves. Come and see. Just come. We are to provide the invitation to experience Jesus to every person for themselves. Revelation 3.20 says, I stand at the door and knock, and if any man opens that door, I will commend him and sup with him and he with me. Personal invitation. Jesus is very personal. We must make a personal invitation. We are to provide an answer for every man for the reason, the hope, the lies in us with meekness and fear, 1 Peter 3.15 says. Because there's going to be questions. People are going to say, well... Why should I believe what you say? How do I know the Bible is the word of God? Does that mean all religions are wrong? We, we have to give them a scriptural answer. We are to be confident that they will see their sinful state and their need of salvation by the revealed conviction of the Holy Spirit. Even as Jesus said in John 16, 8, when the Holy Spirit would come, he would convict the world of sin. You see, I don't convict people of sin. The Holy Spirit convicts. The preaching of the day of Pentecost says their hearts were pricked, cut. And they said, what must we do to be saved? When the Holy Spirit does the work, 
It convicts the heart. It puts a big mirror in front of them. And they see themselves as they really are for the first time. They go, whoa, I need some help. That's the work of the Spirit of God. We are inviting people to follow Jesus from a life of darkness to a life of the light. We've been translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light. Colossians 1.13 tells us. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. This was the call of Philip. A call to be a disciple of Jesus is not to be religious. It's to be more like Jesus. To experience life at the fullest. To enjoy life. To be able to love one another. To be real. To leave off all the junk. Notice thirdly, we have the apostle Philip. Here we want to look at those four areas. The first one is in John chapter 6. And I gave you some key verses. We may look a little bit more. But the apostle Philip, first of all, we see that Philip was a pragmatic apostle. Here in John chapter 6, verse 1 through 7, I'm just going to walk you through it. But as you know, this is the feeding of the 5,000. In verse 1, Jesus has just crossed the Sea of Galilee or Tiberias. It's called the Sea of Galilee, it's called the Sea of Tiberias, and the Sea of Gennesaret. Three names are given to it. And it's not a sea at all, it's a lake, but, so I don't know what, what's up with that, but that's the name of it, okay? Notice in verse 2, Jesus was being followed by a multitude, for he had performed signs on those who were sick. He healed them. Then in verse 5, Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing the multitude coming towards him, asked Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Now, John, notice, provides by way of commentary the purpose behind the question to Peter in verse 6. Jesus said this to test Philip. Very important. Jesus had just done many miracles in healing the sick. Keep that in mind. Jesus had turned the water into wine, and without any doubt, Philip had been there. Jesus wanted to see if Philip was learning to trust Jesus for the impossible out of his compassion for man. It's a test. God takes us to tests as we walk with him. Now notice in verse 6 still, Jesus knew he was going to multiply the five barley loaves of bread and the two fishes, which Andrew pointed out. And that he was going to feed the 5,000. Jesus knew this. Don't miss the statement. He did this to test Philip. Jesus also knew the outcome of Philip's test. But for the benefit of the other apostles. And us who read what is written. It is mentioned here. Romans 15, 4 says that all things are written for our learning, for admonition, right? Jesus is schooling these 12 disciples for three years because he's going back to heaven. They're going to do a greater work than he ever did because Jesus never left the land of Israel except for one time when he went up to Syria. 
they would go throughout the whole world. He's giving them field experience, and he's giving them a test all the time. And they're learning as a group. Now notice in verse 7, Philip tells Jesus, this is his response. He's asking the question, where? 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. Philip has a calculating mind. He's one of these guys with, if he was here today, he'd have these rim glasses taped together and he's got a little calculator in his pocket and all these pens. That's Philip. Philip is a pragmatic individual who assesses the problem at hand and says, it just can't be done. We just don't have enough money. Philip was not drawing from what he had seen Jesus do. All the information that's given to us is the backdrop. It accuses Philip of failing the test. In view of what he had seen and experienced, he had all the resources to pass the test. Very important. Philip did not hear what Jesus had said to him, first of all, what he asked him. Jesus asked him, where shall we buy bread? Not how shall we feed them? He gave an answer to a question that was not asked. Did you ever pick that up? Just like you and I, when Jesus says, what are you doing? Oh, Lord, I'm just, I just love you. I didn't ask you that. <laughs> Interesting. Jesus knew of the 200 denarii in the treasury box that Judas Iscariot was carrying. A denarii was one day's wages. 200 days' wages he had in the treasury box. He knew that wasn't enough. Philip should have gone right back to Jesus and said, Lord, you tell us. Or Lord, you're going to feed them. The physical eye of man cannot see the things of God. The mind of man cannot perceive the things of God. The Spirit of God is the one who must be directing and revealing the things of God. The natural man does not perceive or understand or receive the things of God. They are foolishness to him. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 on down to 16. But we, the born-again individual, receive them by the Spirit of God. But we can be born again and still not receive because we are leaning to our own understanding, right? We, we get our calculators out right away. I love God's mathematics. I love His accounting. He says, you follow my lead, and I'll take care of the bills. But make sure you follow my lead, and I'll take care of the bills. Second, we find Philip in chapter 12. Chapter 12, verse 21 and 22. Philip was a prejudiced apostle, secondly, we see here. Certain Greeks in verse 20 came up to worship at the feast. They were proselytes. They were waiting for the Messiah. In verse 21, they came to Philip and said, We wish to see Jesus. Philip, perhaps, was identified by the Greeks as 
approachable due to his Greek name. Philip, being the leader of the second group of four, was singled out. But notice verse 22, Philip went to Andrew, and they both went to Jesus. Philip was unsure of the answer since they were Greeks revealing his prejudiced heart. He didn't hesitate for Nathaniel, did he? Philip forgot how quickly he had offered that invitation to Nathaniel. But had to check with Andrew first. Philip, though the leader of the second group of four, recognized his lower place before Andrew, the fourth most intimate with the Lord's inner circle. Doesn't mean one's better than the other. Don't misunderstand me. But that's part of what God does. Notice the third account is in chapter 14 of John. In chapter 14, verse 1 through 11, Philip was a perceptibly slow apostle. Let me walk you through this. Verse 1, Jesus just told the disciples he's going away to the Father and encourages them not to be afraid, but to believe in him as they have in God. Verse 2, Jesus in fact tells them that he was going to prepare a place for them in the Father's house. And then in verse 3, Jesus promised that he would come back to receive them to himself so they could be with him also. And then in verse 4 and 5, Jesus reminded them that they knew the way to which Thomas declares, Lord, we do not know where you are going or how can we know the way? Jesus responded with one of the most valuable truths that refutes any other way to heaven. Listen to him. I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but by me in verse 6. Beautiful verse. Incredible truth. And then Jesus noticed immediately in verse 7, says, if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. In other words, Jesus had revealed the very nature of the Father, which is what? Redemptive love. He was the Lamb of God. He was a sacrifice. He didn't come for himself. He came for sinners. If you see me, you've seen the Father, his nature, his heart. Philip, verse 8, declares to Jesus, Lord, show us the Father. And that suffices us. I, I can even imagine a little perturbed. This guy is a very practical individual. Three years, Philip had been with Jesus at this point. And he is still failing the test placed before him from the last one we've seen. The pragmatic mind of Philip refuses to have eyes of faith. Show us the Father and we will be satisfied, he says. Philip failed to grasp that the presence of God was before him in human form. Nevertheless, completely divine. Jesus rebukes Philip strongly, verse 9 through 11. Jesus rebukes Philip for being a slow learner and understanding spiritual things very, very slowly. He makes it very personal. Listen, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father, so how can you say, show us the Father? Real personal. Jesus reasons with Philip. Do you see that? In verse 9. Reminding him that he is in the Father, the Father in him. The authority was the Father's who dwelt in Jesus as well as doing the work through Jesus. 
and asked Philip to believe him. And if he doesn't believe him, to believe him for the very work's sake. Jesus is reasoning with Philip. Even as Isaiah 118, God says, Come, let's reason together. Though your sins be as chrism, I will make them white as snow. God reasons with man. Amazing. As if to say, if you cannot see forward, Philip, at least look back to what I have done. That's good. (laughs) At times, that is exactly what gives us the faith to go forward. The fact that God has worked in the past faithfully. On Sunday, the Grimville, North Carolina newspaper, the Daily Reflector, carried a column on items found by Ripley's Believe It or Not. In one particular column, it pictured a plain bar of iron worth $5. The same bar of iron made into horseshoes would be worth $50. If made into needles, it would be worth $5,000. And if it was made into balance springs for a fine Swiss watch, it would be worth $500,000. You see, it is not the raw material that is important but rather how that material is developed. Each of us have various gifts, talents, and abilities that are only valuable when we develop them and use them in the kingdom of God. Paul reminds us of that constantly in Ephesians 4, 12, and 16 as we are perfected and matured in our gifts in the church. So simple. You see, Phillips are necessary in the body and part of the body, but they are detail men. But they don't do best when it involves when God wants to do something and not everything's there at a time, such as the amount of money. They have their place, but you don't put them on a a board to make financial decisions. (laughs) They want to see the cash up front, so they'll never move. Phyllis have an Achilles heel. They like to keep fellowship with familiar people, the house of Israel, not the Greeks. So they need to be reminded of the grace over their own life constantly. They need to be encouraged to be open towards others. Phillips are slow to grasp spiritual truths, to apprehend. You remember the author of the Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 through 14? They were still feeding on milk when they should have been feeding on meat. They refused to grow. They are students of Scripture, but the word does not mix with faith. Hebrews 4.3. They're walking encyclopedias. They can argue. They can debate. They lean to their own understanding, acknowledging not the Lord, but themselves, unable to be led by the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. They are sincere. They are honest, but dull of hearing. But if they can yield to the Lord in faith, their practical and inquiry minds for details become incredible instruments for God, even as Philip's. Because to him was given the great commission in Matthew 28, 18, and 20. And he fulfilled it. He was in training. This was the apostle Philip. Philip was in need of learning to yield to God. And so he was slow to apprehend spiritual truths, but he was moving along. And these three points have given us great treasures of Philip. So distinct from the other 11. The man Philip call of Philip and the Apostle Philip. Study him well. Learn from his failing mistakes. 
it'll increase your understanding and your value of the Lord's patience. Pastor Xavier Reese, using the example of the Apostle Philip to remind us of the simple truth that God loves you just the way you are, but much too much to leave you that way. And just before we close, let me take a moment to mention that copies of today's character study, simply titled Philip, are available on CD for just $4. And this will also include everything Pastor Xavier shared the last time we were together as well. And once again, the title to ask for is simply Philip, or just mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 